When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriot Speed is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everybody, welcome in to a new live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Huge day in the NFL, huge day for the Patriots. I think I've used this analogy on the show before, but you know Steve Ballmer when he bought the Clippers and he goes yeah. nuts and he's clapping and he's – that's what I feel like today. It's it's a good day um, for many reasons. And we're going to start off the bat um, – with our new sponsor, Alex, huge news out of CLNS Media, the biggest acquisition of the week. CLNS Media and FanDuel are now partnering now that Massachusetts uh, has legalized sports betting mobily, fully. And so uh, go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. I'm telling you, sign up through that link. Free bets. $200 of bonus bets. Uh, deposit five. Deposit 10 bucks. Make a bet for $5, and then it's like literally free money. I just made a bet, and the app is super easy, actually. you uh, Tonight, you can bet on the Celtics to score a point, even money. You can bet 50 bucks, you win 50 bucks, free money. Use your bonus bets for that, so you don't even have to uh, deposit that much besides the initial $10. So go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, it really helps out the show. It really helps out us out at CLNS, but it's also going to help out you make a ton of money. So again, FanDuel.com slash Boston, and uh, – now I can talk about gambling on the YouTube airwaves. We used to stop. We used to not be able to do that before, but now I can talk about anything. So Fanduel, 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 Fanduel.com slash Boston. All right, let's get into it, Alex. It is free agency uh, today. The NFL's legal tampering window opened up, and uh, teams are now allowed to. Um, excuse me. Teams are now allowed to speak with players. Agents are allowed to negotiate on their players' behalf and um, deals can be agreed to but not officially signed until Wednesday. So a ton of news going on across the league. And um, what first happened, I guess, with the Patriots is that they came in with a splash and decided to trade Jonu Smith to the Falcons for a seventh-round pick. Uh, Jonu's tenure in Foxborough obviously did not go as planned. They, he, was a, uh, he was a free agency Monday splash basically two years ago today. Uh, yeah. signing a four-year, $50 million contract. He didn't surpass 300 yards in a season. He only had 55 catches over two years. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought that with Bill O'Brien coming here, a new offensive mind, sort of a reset for this entire offense, that maybe Jonu could, they could, you know, use his skill set uh, to their advantage. But they're not even going to try it, so they dump him to his former coach, Arthur Smith, for a seventh-round pick. So thoughts on the move? Yeah, yeah. Um... I, 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 first of all, we had people in the chat back in February saying the the Patriots should give up like a top 100 pick mm-hmm. to move John U. Smith's contract. Didn't need to do that. Yeah. Um, I think this is pretty much they had to do it. And look, it yeah. would have been cool to see what John U. Smith could have been in the Bill O'Brien's offense and see how you unlock him. Because I don't necessarily think the issue is that John U. Smith is a bad player. And if people remember back, that spring leading up to that for agency, we, me and Evan, that was one of our first big debates mm-hmm. on this show. Should the Patriots sign John o. Smith or Hunter Henry? They were clearly the two tight ends, top tight ends in free agency. Yeah. I happen to be team Hunter, uh, team Hunter Henry in that one. So you went out here. I did win. And I texted yes. that to Evan today. Yeah, I've officially won. <laughs> um, that being said, like, I don't think John o. Smith's necessarily a non-talented player. I think he does right. some things. I think the problem is he was probably built up to be more than he was. And then on top of that, the Patriots didn't know how to use him. And this is something I said at the time. They have trouble with scheme touch players. Nikhil Harry was another example. I actually think there's a lot of similarities between Johnny Smith's tenure in New England and Nikhil Harry's tenure in New England. So it's a shame they could never figure out how to use him. I think even if they did, he wasn't ever going to play up to that contract, but right. could he have been comparable to Hunter Henry, who was still like a replacement level player? Yeah, I think in theory, there probably was a way to do that that they missed out on. But instead of compounding down on the mistake, they just move on. They open up a spot now to really take advantage of this right. tight end class. Um, and they open up some money as well, and we'll see how they use the money. 
you know, the trade, I'd like to trade a little bit better uh, when they made it. And there were all these guys who are still on the board that aren't now. Right. But like, I don't think it's a bad move, right? Oh, they only got it's a not. seven. It's a seven. They got the money off the books. That's all. That's that not the return. The return in this deal is the fact that they get uh, they create about four million in cap space this year, and then they create eighteen million more in twenty twenty four. That's the return. Don't think about the seventh round pick. If you could just give a team a player, that would have been good here in this trade. Is to you just dump the salary without anything in return. That's basically what this was. They right. do like to have picks in. Um, you know, sort of in every round. And so they did pick up a seventh round pick that they did not have before. So, you know, maybe that's that's ammo to trade up. Maybe that's ammo for, you know, trading up on day three. Whatever it may be, they uh they added a seventh round pick, but again, they they make uh they make room for four million dollars more this year, and then they also have eighteen million dollars more in twenty twenty four. So uh, at the end of the day, that's uh that's what the John Smith deal is. The uh adding on to that, they now have a whole another hole in the tight end room. It felt like they had a hole before. We've talked about, you know, the tight ends in uh, the draft class here on the show. Um, and we sort of speculated that they could still add to the room even if Henry and Smith were still here. Now they basically only have Hunter Henry. Does this make them um, a potential team, whether it's the 15th pick with Michael Mayer, whether it's the 46th pick with a Darnell Washington, a Dalton Kincaid? Uh, depending on how the rest of the week goes, does this make uh, – make tight end that much bigger of a need early in the draft. I no, think so. Okay. I, I, I don't really think so because again, okay. you still have Hunter Henry. Oh, maybe in the draft. Yeah. Hunter Henry, John o. Smith played the position two very different ways, right? Sure. Where Hunter Henry is your traditional tight end. John o. Smith was more of that move tight end. All these top free agents are like the same mold as Hunter Henry. Right. So unless you're going to put them both on the field at the same time, which I just don't think they're going to do because they already have enough of a problem of defenses playing too big against them. Right. Um, I just, I don't think that makes a ton of sense. Now in the draft, I, I I'm pretty yeah. much where I've been in that Hunter Henry's in a contract year and use this year as a bridge year, go draft a high upside guy on day three. Okay. There's maybe a little more urgency now. Cause that guy's going to be the direct backup. That's what I was going to say. Who's your backup tight end now? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, tough. I, I still think, but that probably would have been the case even before. Um, maybe now you look at a guy in the fourth or fifth instead of the sixth or seventh. Maybe a guy uh, like like Sam Laporta or, mm-hmm. or Luke Schoonmaker or Tucker Craft is more in the discussion than a guy like Zach Koontz. But um, I I don't think they need like this comment. Michael Mayer, no, the still is uh, Michael yeah. Mayer still is absolutely not the answer. All he does is, I mean, he doesn't prevent teams from stacking the box against you that's what they need if they're going to use a premium asset on a skilled player they need a guy who is going to be a threat on the outside of the formation not tucked in line so michael mayer doesn't help you he's going to end up being a better player than hunter henry but year one michael mayer in year six year seven whatever it is hunter henry or similar players yeah so um, i they're it, it doesn't push it to that regard and look if that's what they do it's not a great move. Now you've essentially done what you did with Shaq Mason last year, right. where you traded a player for nothing to create a hole that you then use your best asset to fill. They can't do that again. They just did that. It didn't work. And I would argue it would be a reach, just like the Cole Strange pick was. Look, I, I get my not as much of a reach, but yeah, you're not. But wrong. that's my point is I, I don't see him as the you know again. This is a maybe a bad way to look at, it, but I don't see him as like the 15th best player in this class. I just don't. I'm not as high on him as other people, but. I think again with the with the other needs they have, continuing on a tackle and wide receiver uh, and cornerback because I mean, granted they and we'll get to it they re-signed John Jones today but they still have a big hole there. Um, I don't think that would be smart at all realistically to you know create this hole on your own and then go sign or go draft Michael Mayer at fifteen. It just it doesn't make sense. I don't see it. So uh, Hunter Henry now the lone guy essentially in the tight end room um, contract year new new offensive coordinator. Uh, healthy, had a rapport with Mac Jones. He'll be the center focus in that room. So, you know, maybe it's a, a blessing in disguise for uh, for Hunter Henry in the tight end room. But John U. Smith gone to the uh, his old coach, Arthur Smith, uh, in Atlanta. Hopefully he can uh, rekindle some of that. Man, I was watching I, – I tweeted it a few weeks ago, uh, a couple, you know, a couple weeks after Bill O'Brien was hired, and it was this – it was John U. Smith basically highlights from Tennessee and just how they used him there was – 
was exactly what I wanted them to do here. And, you know, hand them the football, use them as a move tight. I'd get them the ball in space and they just, they couldn't get it done. It's they too never bad. did it right. They, they never, never did. did it. It's awful. Um, but that's that. John U. Smith is now in Atlanta Falcon, um, at least will be officially on Wednesday. The other big Patriots move today, Alex, uh, they re-signed cornerback Jonathan Jones to a two-year contract. Um, according to Mike Giardi from NFL Network, John, uh, John, uh, Jonathan Jones could have commanded more money on the market, and instead he decided to take a team-friendly deal. Um, I think that's huge. It's a Patriots move because they only make the team-friendly deal and they don't go make the you know the big splash yet. It's still early, obviously, but uh, the parameters of the deal, according to Doug Kide from A to Z Sports, two years for $19 million, $7.5 million signing bonus, $13 million guaranteed. Uh, he can make up to fifty k in playing time incentives every year. The base salary this year is only $1.5, and next year is only eight. So he said it uh, last week. Uh, John Jones held a... Um, an event and said that, you know, he wanted to stay in New England. He, he knows it here, wanted to come back. And the deal clearly echoes that. So uh, I, it helps because they already made hole or had holes from Devin McCourty's retirement, which we'll talk about that later on in the show as well. Uh, holes there in the safety room, holes in the cornerback room, but uh, they fill one with Jonathan Jones. So they at least add a familiar face to their defensive back, uh, to the defensive back room. Yeah. And, and the money isn't, you know, like he put his money where his mouth is, saying that he right. wanted to be back here. That's a yeah. very team-friendly deal, and I know a lot of people had suggested that he's maybe the deep safety that replaces Devin McCourty, and my initial thought on that was kind of, well, for what they're probably going to have to pay him, right? you know, you don't pay a guy cornerback money and then play him at safety. It's just not a good use of assets, but for the money they got him for, you can be a little more flexible because you now right. have more money to spend elsewhere because they still have that need for the bigger boundary corner. And I see some people in the chat talking about the Jalen Mills tweet, reminding people that he plays safety and he's a right. hybrid. Well, if that's going to be the case, even more so because he's your tallest corner right now, uh, they've got to get some height at that position. And and there's a number of ways they can do that. And something I had said was if Jones doesn't come back, that was something I maybe wanted them to do through free agency because I liked having a veteran in that room. And if you lost Jones, it was going to be a very young room. Right. Uh, I feel a lot better now. And I, I was already pretty high on this people know, but I feel a lot better now of, all right, can you go get the big corner in the draft? Can you go on day two and get uh, you know, a Tyreek Stevenson, a Julius Brents, uh, Darius rush. If he falls in the second round, right. Can you go add that guy on day two of the draft? And then boom, there's your size at corner. So that right. feels good. So, you know, I think it will, we'll get to what's gone on around the league in a little yeah. bit with everything else, but had, you know, this is a move I think worth celebrating. This was very well done by the Patriots. Now, given we everything, tie else, the rest of it in, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I would just say given everything else they've done or haven't done, however you want to phrase that, right. Uh, it rings a little hollow, Yeah. but uh, this move on its own. And, and look, there's still a lot of time left. Maybe they, they figure it out and, and we can kind of revisit this in a different light, but right. uh, this move on its own was a great move. It it was. Yeah. I it think is, so however you want to phrase it. Um, looping in, I guess other moves around the league with uh, the Jonathan Jones. Are there numbers out? Do you know for Jamel Dean's contract yet? I'm yeah. Trying to find it it right was now. Um, Jordan Schultz oh, has I, it. I see it too. Schefter has 52. Four. I think it was 52, 26 guaranteed. Okay. So that's about over 13. four years. Jonathan Jones only got two. Yeah, thirteen per. So I mean, again, I know that I know that agents know the market as it's going. But yeah, look, if Jonathan Jones and his and his agent maybe even waited a little bit, they probably still could have squeezed even more money out of somewhere than than they did uh, just with that deal. Well, the, and, and the Dean deal too was reported to be a team friendly deal. Was reported right. to be a hometown discount. Yeah. So. Now, look, there was the report from Giardi last week, right, that teams viewed Jonathan Jones still as a slot corner, even right. though he played on the boundary last year. I don't sure. think he was getting Jamel Dean money. Right. But he very clearly, most definitely left money on the table, not just signing for what he signed for, but signing as early as he did. I even think, like, if he waits, that team-friendly deal is probably worth a little more than it ended up being. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to. Uh, I just, I, I wonder, and again, it's so early, but I wonder where this goes. And I look at the Mills tweet, and it's like, how are they going to configure this room? I mean, they're going to make another move, whether it's a 
Remember they signed Terrence Mitchell like you know four days into it last year for a cheaper. Yeah, game. and then he didn't he, make the team. Yeah, I mean he was a, but he was a. It was a thought at, at the time where where he's going to slide in. Um, so I guess we'll see. I mean it's it's. And I do it myself, right? You, you kind of overreact a little bit because you see guys go and you see the Patriots are maybe involved, not really, but it's only Monday, right? I mean, th- this thing isn't really even official, official until Wednesday. So even more is going to start to come. Well, look, I mean, it that's true. But as they say, as as Felger and Maz like to say, and I know people roll their eyes at Felger and Maz, but I think this is a good point. We have to do a show today. Right. And today, and, and, and I kind of just suggest this, right? If things go the other way, maybe we look at it uh, we come back tomorrow. We say, wow, they really rebounded and we give them all the credit for it. But as things stand right now, uh, there's deals being made and they're not making them. Right. Um, so, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you take us next. Do you want to do tackle or wide receiver? Um, yeah, let's do the wide receiver thing. Cause I think people are curious about that. Yeah, let's uh, do it. It sounds like the Broncos are shopping all their guys. Yep. Now you almost kind of have, here's what I would tell people. And I just kind of gave my piece on, I think the Patriots are being relatively inactive. Mm-hmm. The markets really develop by position. Yeah. And the wide receiver position has not budged. So this is one where I look at and I say, all right, let's wait and see what happens. I'm not going to okay. kick them for this one yet because I don't know if teams are waiting on Jacoby Myers or Miko Hardman or the top of the free agency market. The free agents may be waiting on DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry Judy or these trades. Odell Beckham's kind of a massive wild card in all of this. Yeah. We have no idea what his value is. Apparently wants apparently wants $20 million according yeah, to the I want Yeah, I want things too. It's nice to want things. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo wanted $25 million. It's nice to want things. We're going to um, get to Jimmy, I, baby. We're going to get to Jimmy. Jimmy. We, we better get to him soon because as we know, Jimmy Garoppolo does not last long. <laughs> He'll get hurt soon. Um Anyway, 34, 34 M's guaranteed regardless. Yeah, he, he ripped the Raiders off. Good for Josh McDaniels. It's Josh and Dave. Pitching his career to, to Jimmy Garoppolo, this staple of reliability that look is out. Jimmy Garoppolo. Look out, AFC West. Oh, yeah, look out indeed. Um, <laughs> anyway, the point I was making, like, I yeah. think all of everything I just said, and then on top of that, it's just a down year for wide receiver in general. Like, that's right. a slower developing market. I'm not super worried about that yet because I think – What's probably happening is the the teams that have wide receivers to trade, they want to let a couple of the free agents sign to see if teams get desperate and give up too much. And by the way, that was the report with the Cardinals. They didn't want to make a deal until free agency had already been going on. So none of this should be a surprise. Right. And I think some of the free agents are probably waiting on Hopkins because they want yeah. to see what his new contract's going to be or, or even Odell. Because if a team does get, you know, maybe kind of puts the ACL thing to the side and says, we're going to pay Odell Beckham like he's Odell Beckham. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I wouldn't do it, but all it takes is one team. Now, all of a sudden, if you're Jacoby Myers, if you're me, Cole Hardman, you go back to the table and there's a lot more money there that you can ask for, right? So this, as I'm going on this rant, I keep looking over to my screen to see that all these wide receivers started signing, right? But um, I think this is going to be a slower developing market. Now that said, we understand the Patriots are in on Hopkins to what extent we don't know, but they're talking. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking to the Broncos. I still think Jerry Judy is the best fit, but it would be classic them to kind of, you know, go for one of the other guys, whether it's Sutton, who's the other one they were shopping. It wasn't Patrick, AJ right? Hamler. Was it AJ Ham- Hamler. Now Hamler. That's interesting. Penn Hamler's. State, right? I would rather have Judy. I yeah, would me too, rather sure. have Judy, but Hamler's not a total miss. Like Cortland Sutton for me does not move the needle. He's like a slight upgrade over Devontae Parker, but you're then moving on from Parker. He's not an addition. He's right. an upgrade. They really need an addition as well as an upgrade. Hamler in the slot. I I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, me too. It's Again, something. rather have Judy. Much rather right. have Jerry Judy. But 100%. um, yeah. So yeah. That's around I, with that. And as for the one other wide receiver rumor that was out today, Philip Dorsett. Yeah, let's touch it. People need to calm down on that one. Like, if he's Do their big know? move. So I'll say, if Philip Dorsett's their one move at wide receiver this offseason, we can absolutely get all up in arms. My guess would be he's coming back here to compete for the last wide receiver spot on the roster and he wouldn't make it out of camp. That's going to be like a $2 million contract, 500000 guaranteed. Like, they're not 
And again, if I'm wrong about any of this, we can go nuts. But yeah, my I, thing, I would be surprised if they're seriously considering adding Philip Dorsett to the 53-man roster. I think that's more of a 90-man roster kind of move. I would agree, but you know, adding to that, look, it's Monday at whatever time that broke, 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, the, like, the why timing's are they rough. Talk, why are they even talking to Dorsett's camp now? Like, that's a move that you don't have to jump on. And I know that it's, pro- you know, it may not be Bill or Matt Groh directly making those calls with Dorsett's agent, but like, and you know, they have other guys that work for them in the front office. But man, if that's the, if that's what you're spending your time on at the beginning of legal tampering, that Philip Dorsett is, is talking with the Patriots, that kind of startles me, Alex. Like, I don't see why that's, you know, that's the worry right now. Go talk to... That's like if they signed or were talking to Terrence Mitchell on day one last year, right? Right. They made no, that move later. Yeah. So the, the timing's not not great, but I'm just like, I help, don't. Timing doesn't help how they look. And I'm I'm not saying it was great they were talking to him at that time. It's more so just I don't. I think people were looking at the timing of the move and think like them talking to Philip Dorsett right away on day one doesn't mean that they see Philip Dorsett as a right away on day one wide receiver. That's just sort of how they do business. They go across the board. Uh, well, uh, frankly, look, that, that the way they do business is is not helping them lately because, man, teams are making moves and they're not. I don't know. Um, but we'll see what happens. Again, they're in on Hopkins. They should uh, be in on Judy or at least be talking to the, uh, the Broncos about uh, one of these wide receivers because – they need help in the wide receiver market. And again, I, I do see your point there where, um, th- you know, it hasn't budged. It hasn't gone anywhere. I think two years ago when Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne signed, I, I think that, and again, it, it doesn't look, you know, it's not a good comp right now because those haven't really panned out the way we'd like. We've, we would have liked them to, but those were sort of late Monday into Tuesday moves as well. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't freak out on the wide receiver front yet. Uh, Hopkins still has to be moved and the Broncos are still talking to guys. So um, one other uh, report I want to get to um, before we transition to tackles was Jesse Bates. I thought Jesse Bates was just going to be an absolute slam dunk uh, signing. If it ever were to, if it were to have happened for the Patriots, I, I've said it three times now, but Devin McCourty retired on Friday. Um, they have a big hole in the secondary and even with John Jones signing, potentially moving to safety even with Jalen Mills, like he says, potentially moving to safety. That's not good enough. Like, and I know Bates went for a lot of money, but if you're just going to shift guys around and then, you know, rely on a Jack Jones who ended the season suspended or bring in a rookie who has never played a snap of NFL football in his entire life and just plug him in and shift guys around just to save money that you have to pay, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And, you know, Jesse Bates, he ends up signing with the Falcons uh, for, I want to find the numbers. I think I had, yeah, four years, $65 million. So it was hefty. I think it was the fourth highest uh, safety contract uh, in NFL history, according to Ian Rappaport. So, look, he goes for a lot of money, but the Patriots kind of had it to spend, Alex. So what did you think of the Bates move? Um, I thought he was a fit. Mike Reese said he was a fit the other day as well. Um, but what what'd you what'd you make of the Bates move, and do you think the Patriots should have been in on it? Yeah, and, and just to something else Mike had said on Sunday that he could see a Stefan Gilmore type of move. I mean, I yeah. thought that's that's Races the guy. That's the move, right? And look, we don't know the Patriots weren't in on him, to be fair. I, I, I haven't seen anything reported one way or the other. Like maybe uh they were and they weren't willing to go to that price. That's not to defend them. I think they should have gone to that price, or you know, and, and it, look, if they land Jordan Poyer, fine. I'll walk all that back because I right. think Poyer could help them as well. But so do I. I just – I don't love them putting a rookie in that spot. Jonathan Jones is fine, but again, you you can't just run it back, right? right. You've got to get better than you were last year. And can Jonathan Jones give you what Devin McCourty gave you last year? Probably around that. Is he going to be like an, a massive upgrade? No, I don't think so. And I think Jesse Bates would have been a difference maker on the back right. end. So, um, again, we'll see what happens with Porter. But like you say, it's it's not like they're getting priced out right now. Um, I, I don't think they're getting priced out of any of these deals, save maybe, I mean, McGlinchey's money was insane. Like yeah, that's, the, gonna... <laughs> that's the one I look at and I'm like, all right, like if they missed, if they didn't do that deal, cause there are some warts in McGlinchey's game like that could have gone south very quickly, but 
the Jesse Bates one, she's such a them player. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think so too. 26, um, you know, not – he would – I feel like he would just compliment Kyle Duggar so well because Kyle Duggar is your, you know, your strong, your thumper, and Bates can play that, you know, true free position like, like Devin did. Uh, it just right. felt like such a natural fit, a guy who's young. And um, look, I know Kyle Duggar is going to have to turn himself into a leader and – we should really focus on, I guess, what they do on the field, more so than off the field. But Bates can come in and be an off-the-field leader. And, yeah, they signed John Jones, who's been here often. But it just – look, I think they could have paid that Jesse Bates money, and they didn't. And uh, it, it – look, what – Mike Reese has, you know, has an inside ear in that building. And for him to have dropped that yesterday told me that they were at least thinking about it. So – that's the one where I kind of feel like maybe they did get priced out, and uh, that's tough. We'll talk about them getting priced out uh, on a tackle in just a second. All right, Alex, let's talk about the tackles. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. It's so easy. It's 200 bucks. Like, j- just bet it. The Celtics are on tonight. Do anything with it. It's great. Um, let's talk tackles. The Patriots need a tackle, and uh, look, tackle money kind of got thrown around today. Mike McGlinchey went to the Broncos for five years, $87.5 million uh, total. Jawan Taylor went from the Jags to the Chiefs. For four years, $80 million. Uh, We can get to those in a second, but the one I do want to talk about first, because the Patriots are tied to it, is Andre Dillard. Yeah. Played for the Eagles. Signed with the Titans today. I believe it was three years, $29 million uh, was the final number, according to Mike Giardi. And then Diana Rossini from ESPN uh, reported that the Patriots were competing for the former Eagles tackle before he did ultimately decide to sign in Tennessee. So I look at this two ways. Alex, look, I know Dillard is not by any means the top of the market, uh, but he's a quality player. He was a quality player for Philly for a while, and uh, or f- not for a while, excuse me. He's been in the league for, I think, three years. Um, but they were competing, and they were in on it, and then they ultimately didn't get it done, and he only signed for three years and $29 million. So you can look at it that they were in on someone who wasn't at the top of the market. You can look at it as they didn't pay up more than three years, $29 million, but the other way you can look at it, which is the way I'm choosing to look at it, they're in on the tackle market. They're trying to make a move at tackle. So I think that's a plus, but I want to get your thoughts on the uh, the Andre Diller move. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i kind of with you on that. And that, like, all right, well, they're in on tackles, but then I look around and who's left. Right. You know, there's – Caleb McGarry, I wouldn't mind. Caleb sure. McGarry would not be a bad signing. Now, he's probably going to get more money than Dillard. I just think Dillard at that price – Mm-hmm. It's a no-brainer. And, and even if you – obviously, they would have had to go up a little bit because you got to top the Titans. That's what the Titans ultimately gave them. But yeah. that it, – and that was 29 – it was three years, $29 million total. Mm-hmm. Total. So you figure – even if it's like $20 million guaranteed, right, you can still go up from that. And, and that's yeah. pretty short money for a starting tackle. Um, you know, if they get McGarry, who's probably going to be somewhere in between the Juwan Taylor and the Andre Dillard contract, so call it – 50 million, something like that. Like yeah. that'd be fine. But you know, you get an Orlando Brown, you get in a Donovan Smith, uh, you, you get in a Kelvin Beecham and you have guys that have big ifs. Right. So I do think they're in on the tackle market, but I, I think the tackle market might've passed them by really. If McGarry goes, that's kind of it. Right. Yeah. And I know, but so, so let's, let's talk about the rest of it then because McGlinchey right tackle goes for five years, 87 million. You think that's too much. For a guy like McGlinchey. I don't think it's too much. It's what the market dictates, but like that has the potential to be a tough contract. Yeah. Right. If he doesn't perform to that, like that's not really a contract you can hide kind of like what the Johnny Smith contract was for the Patriots like that. You got to be really sure about the guy. And if they're not really sure about Mike McGlinchey, I don't have a problem with them passing on that contract. Um, Same goes for Juwan Taylor, especially because the Chiefs are going to try to move him to the left side, a position he's never played, and that right. there's risk there. Like that, to me, kind of stood out. Dillard, to me, again, that's the one where I'm like, e- even if there is risk there for the money, that's a good risk. Like you don't right. run the risk of that contract becoming an albatross. It almost feels like the the risk they took with Trent Brown a few years ago, right? A guy who, I yeah, mean, great. Yeah, he was I mean, a seventh round pick, but he impressed in San Francisco enough to be traded for by the Patriots. They then they they passed on signing him to the big deal and with the Raiders, but I mean they they've paid him for short or money twice, took a chance on him, and it paid off, right? Both times, I'd say, really. Yeah, I mean, look, they gave like a fifth round pick to get him, and he really wasn't making that much. So I right, I, I don't know that it's exactly comparable, but yeah, like they trusted 
their ability to coach up offensive linemen in the past. Right. So, yeah, I mean, again, I guess we'll see what happens with the rest of the tackle market. But, um, yeah, Jawan Taylor going to the Chiefs, which in turn opens up Orlando Brown. Uh, Orlando Brown is he's going to price out both of these guys and he's going to get a bag. So um, should or will or do you think and would you want him in New England? I mean, it depends on the price, right? And he's going to price those guys out. He's the best tackle on the market. But that don't you think? I don't know. Well, so here's the thing: he was the best tackle on the market because he was a left tackle. But yeah, remember, the Chiefs moved him from the right side to the left side. So, like, are you moving him back to the right side? Because at that point, I go. With, I, I still think McGlinchey's better. Okay. So, and, and what are the Patriots doing with him? Are they signing him to play on the right side, or are they signing him to play on the left side? Like, you get in it. I also just. It's a little bit of a red flag to me. The Chiefs didn't want him back. Like, think about yeah. it. They were going to franchise him. That was the report. And then it was, well, they're not going to franchise him, but they're going to try to get a deal done. And now they're just out. Like, they could realistically sign him with Taylor. And they're just yeah. out. So I, I feel like there's something going on there that we don't know. That's a fair point. Um, and one that I actually haven't really hadn't really thought of. Because, again, it's a guy who you just won a Super Bowl with on the left side. So, clearly, he's – he's uh, He's good enough to play at that position for a team right. that's Super Bowl caliber. Super Bowl caliber. At the end of the day, I mean, look, there's a lot of salary cap talk here. Money's money, and they can make it work if the player's worth it. If Kansas City doesn't think he's worth it, then maybe he's not worth it. So that's that's not um, a bad way to look at this. Um, all right, let's move to – I'm just trying to see. I think we should go, Alex, with um, AFC East moves. Uh, yeah. We'll talk some AFC East moves, and then we'll hit the rest of free agency, you know, your Jimmy G's and things like that. Um, but yesterday, the Miami Dolphins traded for Jalen Ramsey from the L.A. Rams. Uh, they sent a third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long to L.A. Um, I know that you're not a Ramsey guy. Yeah. But, and I know they are, I believe, restructuring his deal, um, if I have that correct. And so this was a move that I think the Patriots should have made. I mean, you send a third-round pick and call it – I mean, who's your throw-in? Who's comparable to Hunter Long for the Patriots as your throw-in? Miles Bryant. Sure. Okay, perfect. So you send a third-round pick and Miles Bryant to the Rams on a team that needs cornerback help like the Patriots do. I think it's worth it. Um, in turn, the Jets are likely to sign Aaron Rodgers, so everyone around you is getting better. I wrote about this today on clnsmedia.com. You can check it out. The Patriots on FanDuel, might I add, are the longest shot on the board to win the AFC East at 7-1. to one. Behind the Bills, behind the Jets, behind the Dolphins, it's the lowly Patriots in the AFC East. So everyone's making moves, and you're standing pat. Dolphins, go get Ramsey. I think the Patriots should have done it. What do you think? What do you think? No, I'm, I'm okay with them passing on this. Okay. And that's, again, that, that's not to say they don't need an elite corner. I just don't think that's what Ramsey is. Giving him two years guaranteed at over $20 million, like that's just – that's a really suffocating contract if he isn't a top five corner in the league. And I don't think he is. I watched him last year. Remember, you know, that the, in, in the people who love to dump on the Patriots, they've said it nonstop for the last years. Oh, you know, it doesn't count when they win because they don't beat good teams. They beat up on bad opponents and then they get, you know, they get, you know, tossed around by good teams. That's Jalen Ramsey. Go look at Jalen Ramsey game by game last year. He struggled against every single quality opponent he faced, except for the Chiefs, who don't have an elite wide receiver, or didn't right. last year anyway. If you're going to pay that price, go get somebody worth it. I just don't – and when I yeah, say Yeah, but that if you pay price, that price, you pay that price, you're not going to get somebody that's on, on Ramsey's level. You're just no, but it. I'm talking about with the contract too. But the Patriots have the money to you like to – not the money to burn, but they have the money in salary cap space – to take a risk on someone like Ramsey when you're only giving up a third and, like we say, a Miles Bryant? I'd rather give up a third, a player, and what's probably going to end up being less money for Jerry Judy or DeAndre Hopkins or any of those guys. Than, Especially than now that this... we've seen the Jonathan Jones move. That's that's a fair point. Right, then do this deal with Ramsey. I just, I, two, three years ago, yes, of course. The reality of the situation is if Jalen Ramsey was still that good, he would have gone for more, and he probably wouldn't have been available. Right. Right. And people are going to, oh, well, the Rams needed to cut cap and right. somebody had yes, to go. All right. Well, you know, they could have gotten rid of Cooper Cup, who was costing them more money than Jalen Ramsey was. They could have gotten rid of Aaron Donald, who's costing them more money than Jalen Ramsey is. Why was Jalen Ramsey the odd man out? Why was he the one 
that the Rams decided, yeah, that's going to be the guy we moved to save cap space. This is not a defend the wall, the Patriots never wrong thing. I just no, don't I, think people have an understanding of the player Jalen Ramsey is at this point in his career. And I, I have no problem with those with them moving those assets. They need to move assets. They need to spend money, but they need to spend it smartly. They can't go throwing good money after bad. And I think that's what a Ramsey deal would be. The saying try it free for 30 days gives you just enough time to try a subscription or service and then completely forget about it. Before you know what's happening, you're paying for a subscription you don't use every single month. With Rocket Money, you can change that with just a few quick taps. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on their subscriptions, when really that number is closer to $200 or more. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. The app quickly and easily identifies all of the subscriptions for you and helps you decide on the ones you don't want anymore. Simply find those ones you don't want, press cancel, and Rocket Money will do it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emails back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling it super easy with just the click of a button. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person over $720 a year. A quick story, I'm sure you all know, anyone who follows me on Twitter, my second favorite sport behind the NFL is college basketball. I watch just about every single conference, so having an account on ESPN Plus is really a blessing for me. It's the best subscription I have, and I use it regularly. The problem, however, well, for the longest time, I had Hulu, Spotify, Disney Plus, and countless others. I was paying for them, and I had no idea about it, so you forget about it, and it drained my bank account. Not anymore, though, because I use Rocket Money. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unnecessary subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way. Go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. That's rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat, rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. And I think bad's a stretch, but again, I just, if it's that cheap and you all you got to do is spend money, I mean, m- money's money at the end of the day. And he's a decent player who can give you something at the cornerback position. But I, I understand your point, and it makes a, a ton of sense with the Rams where they need to get under the cap and they have a ton of good players that they can do it with. Jalen Ramsey is the worst of the good players. So I guess, right. you know, that's that's a fair point. Let's uh, Before we hit on the rest of free agency, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. It's still in limbo, but it looks like um, by just about all accounts, it's basically just Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, said that he does not want to drag this thing out, uh, completely dragging this thing out. Uh, it's up to Rodgers. I believe the report is that the Jets and Packers essentially have the parameters in place for a trade. And it's basically just a big green button for Aaron Rodgers to be able to press and go to New York. So um, we've talked about it on the show, but now that it's really going to happen, it seems like, what do you make of the Jets with Aaron Rodgers? Does it immediately, I think it immediately catapults them to 1B right behind the Bills in the division. You hate the Bills, so I'm sure it's going to, they're probably the number one team in the division for you, but let's hear it. Well, the Bills have lost a lot of talent. Let's not forget. Edmonds are probably going to lose Poyer, right? I think, and I've said the regression is due. I, you know, it depends which Aaron Rodgers the Jets get, frankly. If they get pissed off at the world, Aaron Rodgers, like the Packers had at the start of last year, then yeah, they're right there with the Bills. And I think they're probably that second tier in the AFC behind really it's just the Chiefs and the Bengals at this point. Um, If they get, I don't care about football anymore, and I'm just going to be like a moody, you know, curmudgeon Aaron Rodgers, well, still slightly better than last year, but I think they're probably closer to the Dolphins and maybe even the Patriots. Right. Uh, obviously, has the potential to be a very explosive move, at least. And the other thing is in the regular season, because we know what Aaron Rodgers becomes in the playoffs, right? Sure. Um, I think he can still play physically. And yeah. you put him on that roster, and I said it all year last year, that team was a quarterback away. You put him on that roster, they should win 12, 13 games. Now, does he actually show up and play all those games? Right. I'm not even saying he won't. I don't know. He's the most predictable person in the league. He's the NFL's answer to Kyrie Irving. Unpredictable, but yes. <laughs> but if you're the Jets, I kind of think you have to take that risk at this I, point. I now, look, if I was them, I'd tell him, hang, you know, hang on a second here. We're going to go call the Ravens and see what's going on with Lamar. Yeah. Not that there's not risk there either. It's a risk I'd rather take. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you're the Jets, it's kind of the move you need to make at this point. So I, I don't fault them for making it, it's, but they're rolling the dice a little bit. We'll see. Uh, the upside's tremendous, and the downside is pretty much they're back where they were. Uh, they're going to be back where they were 
uh, now, this time next year. Yeah. I mean, they have great players at just about every position on the New York Jets yeah. besides quarterback. And they went, what, 8-9 and nine last year? Yeah. Uh, no, 7-10. They were 7-4, and four, okay. and then they lost six games in a row. Okay. So they finished 7-10 and 10 with Zach Wilson, who I've defended a lot. Uh, I have him on my dynasty team, so that might be why I defend him a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, that's a bad decision. Uh, what, to have him on my dynasty team? Yeah. Well, he's I, not I, even going to be on an NFL team. Mike, I traded for him two years. I traded for him two years ago, and I, I he just kind of sits on the bench now because hey, you never know. But he's not going to be on an NFL team in two months. He doesn't need to be on your dynasty. Eh, I, he might. He might stick around as the Jets' backup quarterback. I, don't him and Aaron Rodgers have a relationship? I can't imagine he would want to do that. What's What's the alternative? It's actually smart if 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 you're the Jets, request a trade. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, but anyway. Point being, the Jets have weapons just about everywhere. Uh, there are two wide, young wide receivers in Eli Moore and Garrett. Uh, Garrett Wilson are awesome. Two, or actually one quality running back because James Robinson is going to be uh, on his way. But uh, Brees Hall coming off the ACL but was awesome yeah. until he got hurt last year. They have a solid offensive line. I believe uh, Elijah Vera Tucker will be back. I believe uh, who's the, the Makai Becton will be back. Yeah, uh, Their defense is stacked. Sauce Gardner. All, I mean, they, they're just – they're well, really – We'll, yeah. we'll see what they give up because in a lot of these trades, right? In the Russell Wilson deal I'm last year, no, okay. no, 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 got dealt. What? You're not doing what? I thought you were going to go the Sauce Gardner route for a second. No, no, they're not going to trade Sauce Gardner. Okay, okay. Because Colin Coward said that the other day, and I, it was. Did he was, really? Oh, that's a yeah. stupid take. No. Yeah. Um, okay, good. Continue. I do think they're going to end up dealing somebody worth something, though. Because, like, in the Russell Wilson deal, Noah Fant got trade, sure. traded. We just saw. Um, why and I uh, I why do I DJ always Moore? blank on this guy's name in every context? Yes, thank you. DJ Moore got traded in that that trade for the Panthers to move up to number one pick. So maybe it's Elijah Moore. We know he hasn't been super happy with the Jets. Like, but I do. They're still going to be good. They're, they still have the weapons, like you said. But I, I do think it's going to be interesting to say to see who is the player they move to get Rodgers. I would assume it's going to be the thirteenth pick and a like decent player off their offense. I would assume yeah. that's going to be the, the basis of the package. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, shout out, shout out Murph who's watching the show and just tweeted a, uh, a, a, a trash gif at me about uh, Zach Wilson. So appreciate it. Look, I know he, he's not great. I'm hanging my hat on him for just about no reason, but all right, let's do a uh, rapid fire. Um, we'll do a rapid fire free agency. Um, all right. As soon as I talk about rocket money, Alex, with those unnecessary subscriptions now. All right, rapid fire. We'll go back and forth. We'll talk about everything else that happened uh, in the NFL today before we get out of here. And we can start with Jimmy Garoppolo. Alex, I want to hear about it. I want to hear your take. The Raiders and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, Ziegler, three-year, $64 million and 30-plus guaranteed for Jimmy G, who has only played 16 games in an NFL season once. So... I'm going to give you the soapbox on this one because uh, you're not a Jimmy G guy, so I want to hear your take. It's a really expensive bridge contract. That's what it should be. I Josh McDaniels can't – because this is his career. It has to work right. this year. And I'm sorry, I'd rather have Derek Carr than Jimmy Garoppolo. would absolutely rather have Derek Carr than Jimmy Garoppolo along with the dead cap hit you took yeah. by cutting Derek Carr. Um, this is his – like. If I'm ownership and Jimmy Garoppolo bails out, I'm like, what are you doing? And, and the same goes for Dave Ziegler. What exactly is your plan here? Right. We had a franchise quarterback. You paid him a year ago. You then cut him. You then made me commit $30 million to another quarterback who can't get on the field. You don't look like you have any sense of direction. If it's a bridge contract, like I, I still think we have to consider them taking a quarterback at seven. And maybe that money's front loaded. Jimmy's the bridge guy this year. And then they can move on from him. After this year, I, I, I that has to be the plan. Anything short of that, Josh is setting himself up to fail because Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy we've seen time and time and time again. How many chances has he had, Mike, to prove that he's a franchise quarterback and he has failed every single test? He's not the guy you would think Josh McDaniels of all people would know it. But here we go again. So what I push back on is it, it's the skills. It's not, it's not his play that's the bad part of Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. It's the fact that he just can't stay on the field. And time and time again, he's proven that he can't stay on the field. 
He hasn't proven that he's a bad quarterback. You put a quality offense and a quality system around Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to win you games. He's going to get you to a Super Bowl when he's healthy. One healthy season, one Super Bowl appearance for Jimmy Garoppolo. You have Josh McDaniels, who has worked with Jimmy before. You add him to an offense that he knows, and you surround him with Darren Waller. You surround him with Josh Jacobs. You surround him with Devontae Adams. You surround him with Hunter Renfro. That's a recipe for success with Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's healthy, they're a quality team. They're an above 500 team. Does that get you to the playoffs? I don't know. The AFC West is the best division in football. They have the reigning Super Bowl champion. They have arguably the top three quarterback in Justin Herbert in the division as well. It's not easy, but I don't hate the move if Jimmy can stay healthy. I don't know if you can rely on that, which is why I don't like the money involved. I think they gave him way too much money to guarantee a guy $30 plus million on a contract where he's, like I said, only played one healthy season. That's tough. But the one time he did it, he went to a Super Bowl. So feels a little bit like a catch-22. But I don't hate it if he's healthy because the one time he was healthy, he went to a Super Bowl with a good supporting cast. With a – all right, first of all, you're underselling the supporting cast. You said if Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy, he'll win you games. Does he win you games or does he just not lose you games? Because I think it's the second one, and I think you can get quarterbacks who don't lose you games for a hell of a lot cheaper than 30-whatever million dollars. You so can get what would one you have literally done the last the pick in the draft. So what would you have I, done? Would have signed a much cheaper bridge quarterback, and I, I can't remember Teddy exactly. Bridgewater? In front of, Teddy Bridgewater, even Mike White. Oh, I like dude. that. Uh-uh. And nope, then and then it. use and then use the seventh and then use the seventh pick on a, on the next guy, with the idea that you're handing it over to that guy this year. Mike Jimmy Garoppolo. You know how many games Jimmy Garoppolo started in his career? Uh, not off the top of my head. Fifty-seven. Okay. This isn't even a durability thing, honestly. Okay. Do you know how many times Jimmy Garoppolo has turned the ball over in those 57 starts? 35. 72. Wow, really? When you include the fumbles, because he fumbles a ton. Are they lost? They're lost fumbles, right? We're talking yes, turnovers here. I thought that's what I had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I added lost fumbles and um uh it's interesting. Interceptions. Okay. That that's the guy Josh just gave $35 million. Or you could have signed other people, right? Baker, sign Baker at that point for that money. I, I, I'm excited for Baker with Tampa. I am. I think Did you put sign yet or no? Is that a no. thing or are you just saying? I, no, I just, it's reported uh, and it sounds, I, I tweeted yesterday and, uh, you know, it got, it actually got a, not as bad of a reaction as I thought. But at one point in time, I was of the mindset that Baker Mayfield was a fringe top 10 quarterback um, when he was on his playoff run with the Browns. And then he got hurt, and then he started to not play good football. Um, if he's healthy and has a you know a good play caller on him, and you add him to Chris Godwin and to Mike Evans, he can distribute the football to guys like that, and could return to where he was with Cleveland when they went to the playoffs that year. Okay, so I, by the way, I, I did have slightly the wrong number on fumbles. I, I that okay. was fumbles, not fumbles lost. But it's okay. still, Mike, it's it's still uh, now I got to find interceptions again. It's still fifty three in fifty seven okay. starts. Yeah, that's not great. That's not really like, again, give me, because if you're doing that, but you're making plays fine, I'll give you another guy. They could have signed if they don't mind a high turnover number, Jameis. Cause Jameis yeah. is going to get the ball to, to Devonte Adams down the field. Jimmy's not doing that. Carson Wentz. No, don't do it. We went over the same thing. <laughs> yeah, we did. Same thing, different hair color. That's it. Um, yeah. If you, I, I just, to me, it sounds like Josh's pan. He didn't want Carr, realized he wasn't getting Rodgers or Brady, panicked, right. and went to something familiar. That's, to me, what it is. It's not based in football reality. He wanted to be comfortable. They've got to hit this seventh overall pick, and it has to be a quarterback. Jimmy, again, he gets signed. He goes to a team. They bring in a guy, the third overall pick, and Trey Lance. Then he leaves, and now he's going to sign with uh, – Vegas, and then they're probably going to take some. Like why seven. do these teams that see him up close keep drafting quarterbacks high? Maybe that tells you something. Again, they sign him. They they keep him around because he's a high quality bridge quarterback. The, and that there's, a, but the way some people talk about him around here, oh, the win, he wins. Look at the wins, he wins. It's the most misleading. That feels a little backhanded, Alex. Kyle Shanahan saw him up close for two years. This is not by the way. It's not me telling you Jimmy Garoppolo is not a starting caliber quarterback. Kyle Shanahan. Saw him up close for two years, 
decided I need to give up three first round picks to replace but then this they guy. Kept them. But then they kept them for two years after that. Because they drafted the wrong guy. Yeah, I know. That's true. Imagine Mac Jones in San Francisco. They'd probably have won a Super Bowl. Yep, I know it. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's go to – I'm just checking all the all – the, uh, seeing if we're missing it. Well, let's do De- Jarrett Stidham quickly. Leaves oh, Josh. Right. No, we just did Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Leaves Josh and signs with the Broncos. He's now going to back up uh, uh, Russell Wilson out in uh, out in Denver. That's interesting. Is he going to back him up or is he going to start over him, Alex? I mean, he's going to back him up to start, but it's a new coach now. Not by the way, you know, not tied to to Russell Wilson. Look, I, I don't think Russell Wilson's losing that job because the contract's absurd. No, but um, he's going to play some. Yeah, you know, Russell Wilson's going to get benched. You like with the I don't think he's going to get benched as a starter, but like he's not going to finish. Oh, game yeah, we saw it last sure. year. Uh, he's older. He, he, he's a risk to get hurt. It's a great spot for Jared Stidham. He's going to get a chance to play. Yeah. And we'll see who the Broncos end up trading. But I actually think they have some decent skill position players on offense. He might get a chance to succeed there. So I don't know that he has as much talent around him as he did in Vegas when he kind of put it on that showcase last year. But not a bad spot to be backup quarterback. And, if and he got $10 million, which is decent. So if you're a pro player, that's what it's all about. You yeah. play, you play a few games, you play a couple starts, uh, you make some quick money. You throw one pass to Devonta Adams for like a 60 yard touchdown and you make yourself 10 million bucks. So good for Jared sitting there. Um, Chase Winovich going to the Texans, Alex, uh, for a Patriot reuniting with for a Patriot executive, Nick Casario. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Of, I, I'm just kind of scrolling through my tweet notifications from, you know, Rappaport and Sheffer now pulling out these things. So uh, if you have anything else, but uh, what do you think of Chase Winovich? I I just think Nick Casario is probably going to give all his draft picks another shot. See yeah. who works out. See if he can like that's Nikhil Harry's going to end up there. Yeah, he I will. Mean, right, like that's got to happen. So makes sense. Chase Winovich goes to a Patriots adjacent team. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, let's do the massive one, and it's Trey Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo. Uh, he's only twenty four, I believe. Sounds right. Because he came in the league when he was nineteen, which in its own right, was crazy. He was the youngest player in the league, but uh, him and him and his brother. But uh, in Buffalo for the last four or five years and just signed a four-year, $72 million deal with the Chicago Bears. $50 million guaranteed. It's the largest four-year contract for a linebacker or an inside linebacker, which he kind of plays all over the place, but in the NFL. So Ryan Pace uh, in Chicago has been kind of killing it. Uh, if you if you think about it this way, I thought the trade with uh, – oh, we haven't even talked about that trade uh, on the show. So we'll loop that into it because the Bears traded the number one overall pick for uh, a haul. And I think that that was uh, – I thought it was a high-quality move for them because they don't need a quarterback. They were able to trade down and they got a ton. They got a wide receiver, DJ Moore, for Justin Fields. Now they go sign Trey, Trey Edmonds. Uh, it's a lot of money, but I think it's worth it. Ryan Poles is making some, making some moves. So what, what do you make of that one? Yeah, I, the bear like don't look now. The Bears are having an excellent, excellent offseason. Yeah, this is, by the way, how you support a young quarterback. This is how you invest in a young quarterback. Who's Ryan Pace? I'm looking at the chat. I, I call them Ryan Pace. It's Ryan Poles. Is Ryan Pace a was the old GM? Ah, yes, it was. Okay, they hired, they fired their GM and coach, and then they hired GM and coach of the same first names. Everybody yes, that's right. The owner was old and didn't want to have to learn new names. Yeah. Ryan Poles is making the moves, not Ryan Pace. You guys yes. are right. Thank you, Chad. Thank um, you, Chad. Yeah, building around the young quarterback. They're doing a good yeah. job of it. I still think they probably need at least another pass catcher. But um, yeah, I they you know I, I thought they made a great great move to to trade that pick and yeah at first I'm like moving down to nine, but they get a first this year, first next year. I thought getting a receiver was a a, a great pull for them. So they've been. Excellent. Again, it's textbook how you build around a young quarterback. Well, did, did they give Trey Edmonds too much? No, nah, they had a ton of money to spend. It, it, th- you got to remember, you really just look at the cap hit on the first year of these deals. Because beyond yeah. that, you know, like that Patrick Mahomes deal, we're like, oh my God, he got 50 million a year. Now that's like a great quarterback contract because yeah. the price goes up every year. So I, you, you can give a player too much. It's a lot more rare than people realize, though. And it's not necessarily about the total money. It's about how you spread it out. That's what was the issue with the Johnny Smith contract. 
it's not just that they gave him so much money. It was backloaded. And they right. did it because they knew the cap was going to spike this year with the TV deal. They did it with a lot of those contracts. Matthew yeah, Dion's contract set up the same way. Uh, I believe Kendrick Bourne's contract set up the same way. And like at the time, it made sense because, again, the cap was going to spike. But, all right, well, if backloading contracts so great, why doesn't every team do it? This is why. Because if the contract turns out to be a bad contract, you can't get out of it. Whereas if you front load it, all the money's off the books. It's a lot right. easier to get out of down the road. Um yeah. So that, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't see exactly how the money was broken up, but for the best linebacker on the market, they overpaid a little bit with some extra money to spend in the moment. I don't think that's a bad contract. I, I agree. And like you said, when you have money to spend and when you have a guy who in Trey Edmonds started in the league at 19, he's only 24 years old. You can get him on a four year, four year deal for, yeah, it's a lot of money, right? But you have to pay for good players. That's what this league's about. Good players cost a lot of money. Patrick Mahomes. Best yeah. player in the league. I mean, yeah, it was worth it. It was a good contract at the time, and now you know he's he's not the highest paid, whatever. But you got to pay for good players when you have them. And Trey Edmonds is a damn good player. So, like you said, you're right. The uh, the Chicago Bears are making moves. Um, any more free agency moves that you can think of that we can touch on? Chat, you can throw them in as well if you want something to talk about. Um, but then we have some Patriots news to talk about at the end of the show as well. But can you think of anything more? Um. No, I, I mean, I saw where we came on. Bobby Okariki signed yeah. four years, $40 million. Patrick Peterson goes to the Steelers. Yeah, Pat, so that's an interesting one. Yeah. I, I, a little on the older side. Player. Yeah, a little a on the – You're right. To replace Cam Sutton, I think, was was what that move was. Um, yeah. No, it's been a real uh, – um, the Niners signing Hargrave. Was uh, yeah, that, like they yeah, had one big contract in them and they used it on the defensive line, which is probably yeah. their best position group. Like I was like, all right, wow, they're they're just rubbing it in now. Yeah, but I, I kind of like it. You just add to it like that's they're just nasty there anyway. And you just add the best guy on the market there. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the other Niners move was actually uh, Sam Darnold goes to the 49ers to replace. Oh, yeah. Garoppolo, all right. And he was never and he was never seen again. Yeah, the. Were they connected to each other before Kyle Shanahan and Sam Darnold at some point for some reason? I feel like that's been talked about before, them two matching up, and I don't know why. Do they maybe have a pick? That Did Shanahan have a high pick that year? Maybe he maybe. was – Oh, because um, cause his brother's in New York. Oh, the LaFleur. The LaFleur brother. Oh, no, LaFleur's in right? New York. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, something like that. I yeah, no okay, maybe. whatever. Well, Sam Darnold is replacing Jimmy G, essentially, in San Francisco – uh, I saw a tweet today. It was they had the third pick a few years ago. They had the third pick a few years ago before that uh, in Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. And the Mr. Irrelevant pick from two years ago, Brock Purdy, is probably going to start over both of them once he's healthy. Right. Uh, so that's 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 good stuff. Um, all right. Let's finish off this show, Alex, with some Patriots news that we heard this weekend. And uh, I would say unfortunate, but we knew it was coming. I would say Devin McCourty. Uh, not that we knew it was coming. It was still up in the air, but Devin McCourty uh, retiring from the NFL after 13 seasons. He was a captain for 12 years. He was a dominant free safety in the league for them. I believe he was a three-time Super Bowl champion. He was a pro bowler at two positions. Played sa- uh, played cornerback his rookie year, earned a pro bowl spot, and then switched to safety and played 12 more years at safety and was one of the best to do it in the league. So uh, not only are they going to miss him on the field as a good player, but he was their leader. Him and Slater were really the two guys especially ever since Tom Brady left that, you know, ran the Patriots from an inside the locker room perspective. And uh, that's going to be a tough loss, especially off the field, but yeah, Corey retires. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's a big loss. Obviously a guy who was a cornerstone of, of three Super Bowl championships. And you look at it, there's only like seven guys left on the team who've won a ring. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, and a guy that was instrumental in turning things around there in the early two thousands. You go back to those drafts with him, Hightower, Chandler Jones, Julian Edelman, Matthew Slater, Rob Gronkowski, right? Really not many of those guys left yet. So uh, just another sign that the new core kind of needs to start to establish itself. Yeah. um, It's tough. Like you said, it's, they're going to have a, uh, which I'm excited for a uh, Devin McCourty ceremony next Tuesday. Um, Yeah. So it was supposed to be uh, today, tomorrow. Yeah. And then with the snow, they're doing it next week. Yeah. So uh, Devin McCourty retiring, they're going to do a, uh, a retirement ceremony for him next week at uh, Gillette stadium. So I will be there. I'm sure Alex will be there as well. So uh, yeah, 
And so the other Patriots news uh, that we do want to touch on as well, punter Jake Bailey was cut, released uh, from the Patriots last week on Friday as well. Jake Bailey, man, what a fall from grace for Jake Bailey, a guy who was an all-pro two years ago, just signed an extension this season or prior to the season, um, was was put on IR, was then suspended, and then he was released, Alex. So uh, they need a punter. They're not going to go with Michael Polarni, I don't think. Your guy, your guy, Michael Turk, is a guy in the draft. Uh, maybe they sign someone. I don't know. But Jake Bailey, man, he was a really good punter for maybe this long. I don't know if, how you can quantify that in terms of time, but he was a there year? for a year. Yeah, he, he was there for a second, and then it kind of the wheels fell off. But what do you think of that move? I uh, it doesn't surprise me. Just given every <clears throat> yeah, excuse me, just given everything that had happened, uh, I would be surprised if they sign a punter here. You can, yeah, me too. punters are just going to be cheaper in the draft. Taking a guy in, even in the fourth or fifth round is automatically cheaper than the veteran minimum. My guess is they're going to draft a guy somewhere in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. I don't think they wait all the way. I don't think they go with the UDFA. Um, I, you know, I, I like Bryce Berenger too from Michigan state, Adam Corsick from Rutgers. Those are kind of the three guys to know. I'm going to guess they draft somebody and then maybe they bring in a veteran who's still unsigned in the summer. Yeah. Just to compete in camp, just push the rookie a little bit, maybe guy out of the XFL or USFL or something. Yep. Um, but my guess is this is going to be a draft uh, address need. I would be surprised if they add a punter here in the next couple of days. I, I think so too. I think it's going to be a draft thing. Um, maybe, yep. maybe, Pil- maybe Pilardi is their other veteran move. But uh, maybe Pilardi is the guy they bring back. That's a fair point. But like, they don't need to make that move until well after the draft. They, yeah, they don't need to make that move. They can make that move the morning of the first OTA practice. If they want. <laughs> yeah, That's seriously. Kind of the, the timeline for that. Yeah, fair point. Um, I do want to bring up one last thing in the chat that I just saw. Um, tomorrow, we're going to be back tomorrow as well, guys. So uh, those of you who are tuning in, we're going to be back tomorrow night as well to do. Uh, Basically the same thing, recap any Tuesday moves. So make sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Patriots Press Pass. Subscribe on all your podcast platforms and uh, follow us on Twitter to make sure that uh, you know when we're going to go live. But the last thing I just wanted to bring up was uh, James Bradbury, cornerback. I think that can be a move for the Patriots still, uh, depending on what they want to do with John Jones in the safety room and Jalen Mills and all that. Only because, and I, I wanted to touch on it now because it could happen, I guess, you know, prior to tomorrow's show that, Either Bradbury goes somewhere else or the Patriots make the move. The one thing on Bradbury is last year he signed sort of that prove-it deal after getting cut from the Giants. I think it was one year for like $7 million. He goes to the Eagles. He becomes an All-Pro. He goes to the Super Bowl and, you know, proves himself to be worth it. Whether that was just contract year play, whether that's – I mean, again, that's your, that's your ceiling is the way you play in your contract year for a lot of guys. But uh, he's long. He's 6'1", so he'd immediately come in to be the longest corner in the room, which – well, I think would be a good addition at the end of the day. And he's, I want to say 29. So a little on the older yeah. side, 29. So he's a little on the older side, but he's not a, in a different positions, but he's not as old as a guy like Jordan Poyer, who's 31. So depending on where you want to move your guys around in the defensive back room, I still think that this could be one of their splash moves is Jordan, uh, James Bradbury. Yeah. The one thing I'd say is I, I do think they want to draft a, cor- a cornerback. And now yeah. the numbers are, you know, you got John Jones, Jalen Mills. Or, okay, let's say one of them moves to safety. Uh, John Jones or Jalen Mills is one player. Mm-hmm. Jack Jones is two. Uh, you got Miles Bryant Marcus. in the slot. You add Bradbury. That's four. Uh, Marcus maybe Jones. you could swing it. Oh, Marcus yeah. Jones is five. All right, so now you're on like the sixth player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that gets a little tough. I, I think I yeah. butchered that math, but um, – <laughs> I feel like they had room to add one veteran corner and bringing back John Jones to me fills that spot. I wouldn't be like, yeah, it, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad move. I just don't necessarily, I think they're going to, they want to add a corner in the draft with a premium pick. And it gets really tough to justify that. If you also sign Bradbury. Fair point. Um, all right, Alex. Well, anything else to add on this free agency Monday before we, uh, we go back to our Twitter fingers and keep waiting for moves and uh, see what happens until tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I think out. it's uh, until tomorrow. Just hang in there. Yes. There's a lot of free agency left to go. There's a lot of offseason left to go. Just be patient. Be calm. And we'll see. See what they do. It doesn't mean that, that they can just stand pat. Right. But let's see what they do. There's always tomorrow. I think the expectation is once we saw the uh, – what happened two years ago on that Monday of free agency where it was, you know, it was John who, and it was 
uh, Matthew Judon, and then it was, uh, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, and all these things happened all at once so fast when they were ready to shell out that money. So I feel like, you know, now people are, are it's expected that they're going to go, they're going to go do this. And I get it. Right. And now they had the money again. So uh, people want them to go do it again. And I get it. But a little bit of a slower, uh, uh, less impressive class, maybe I'd say, and uh, just a slower cycle in general. So look, it's not even legal. You can't even sign your contracts yet. So I, I would agree with you, Alex. Yeah. Patient. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to shout out our brand new sponsor, FanDuel, once again. We're betting on sports in Massachusetts. It's amazing. Um, the app's the best. Download it now. Go to this URL, fanduel.com slash Boston. Sign up. Deposit $10. Bet $5. And then you get $200 in free bets. Uh, it's super easy. You can go li- do it all. live bet the Celtics right now if you want to. Um, you can do anything with it. $200, free bets. Uh, get yourself situated on FanDuel with uh, a bunch of free bets. Try and make some money. And uh you know, continue sports betting because it is now legal in Massachusetts and you can do it through FanDuel. So make sure to go to FanDuel.com slash Boston for who for $200 in bonus bets on us here at CLNS Media. So uh, with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. We're going to talk fan, uh, free agency all week this week on Patriots Beat. We'll be back tomorrow night uh, to do the same exact thing. Until then, follow us on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and at Mike Cadlick as well as reading all of our free agency and Patriots coverage at 98.5 The Sports Hub for him and at clnsmedia.com for me. So, um, again, until tomorrow night, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate the support. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston for $200 in best, uh, bonus bets, and we will see you tomorrow night.